Hey, this is Mike Oz. This is Chris Wick. This is the StuPod interview series. This week, we had a chance to talk to Jessica Mendoza, who was promoted to Sunday Night Baseball full-time analyst by ESPN, and she has a lot to say in her 25-minute talk. Uh, yeah, Mike, I feel like this was probably one of the best interviews we've ever done on the StuPod. Uh, Mendoza talked about just a, a wide range of different things, from the recent news that she'll now be the full-time analyst to... Her initial reaction last year when she was kind of promoted on an interim basis. She also addressed some of the criticism and some of the internet trolls who were out there and her method to, to dealing with some of that. So I feel like she really hit on a lot of different areas and she was just a tremendous interview. So I hope if you're listening now, you'll continue to, to listen to the whole thing because I, personally, I thought it was really great. Yes, here's our interview with Jessica Mendoza of ESPN. Welcome back to the Stew Pod. Mike Oz and Chris Swick here on the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. And uh, we are honored today to have Jessica Mendoza with us, joining us to talk about her uh, new role within ESPN, the... Uh, Sunday Night Baseball all year this year. Jessica, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Chris, for having me. So I, I know uh, you know the news that you were going to be doing Sunday Night Baseball full time this year wasn't out of the blue in the sense that you know you did it some last year and, and they put you on the playoff uh, playoff roster, but it's still got to be pretty cool, right? How, how did you process the news when it when it happened? I mean, I, my first reaction, I was, I was honestly surprised, and just that I, all I really wanted was just to be consistently a part of our baseball coverage. So that could mean anything from a game on like Monday night, Wednesday night, or even just like being in and out in different roles. Um, but I, I wanted to be consistent throughout the season, not come in at the end or in spots here and there. So that was my biggest goal. So to find out, wow, on Sunday night, like it just, it came as a surprise. I was so excited. Um, just because, you know, I had gotten a taste of what Sunday night could be and, um, you know, doing the last few games of the season. Um, and really just being able to work again with Dan Schulman and Buster Olney and now the opportunity to be in the booth there and Boone as well. Yeah, Jessica, I know the circumstances behind last year was, was somewhat of a surprise and it seems like, um, you know, maybe you didn't have as much time to, to prep for that. Now that you have an entire off season, I'm wondering what you are doing differently to kind of prepare for the role it's a, i mean it's a lot different <laughs> just obviously knowing um my role and and like the fact that i have the opportunity to prepare meaning you know i i went to winter meetings on my own just kind of to talk get to know more managers um just kind of get my face out there even talk to more writers more scouts just more people um you know i'm going to this weekend there's a big scout uh, dinner um, here in LA. I'm just going to go to it on my own again. <laughs> just like, um, really, just like to, to talk and get to know more people. Spring training, um, obviously around the corner. Um, I was begging, you know, to be able to just try to get out there to be there. Now to be able to have that opportunity to be, to be, you know, in Arizona, in Florida, and just to be around. And for me, it's it's you know twofold. Obviously, you know, talking to players, getting knowledge, but also for them to get familiar and used to me. Um, so we have our Sunday night coverage. Um, I don't necessarily have to preface who I am all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I want to ask, you know, a guy in a cage about his backside, like, you know, 
swinging through the ball, whatever it might be, and they're just like, what, you know, what is she asking me? Um, they'll have a better idea of who I am. Do you know, do you have any sense from a production standpoint whether you'll be doing, I guess, more specific segments or maybe like prepackaged stuff this year, or has that not kind of been a conversation just yet? Yeah, we're meeting here in LA, our whole team, um, you know, Aaron Boone and Buster and Dan and our new producer, Andy Reichwald. Um, so I think we're going to go over a lot of that. He asked us some of our thoughts and ideas too. So I think the exciting thing is because we have, you know, a new producer, we have two new analysts. Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of changes. I think with that comes some new um, ideas and different um, ways to do things. So I'm kind of anxious to, to find exactly that out and kind of ways that we're going to be able to bring Sunday night in a, in a cool, exciting way. I think a lot has been made about your credentials as a, as a player, obviously, but I'm curious, you know, people think that um, sometimes athletes just kind of like wander into broadcast jobs afterward. But, you know, I also know a lot of, a lot of athletes who it was a passion for them. I mean, it's something they wanted to do for a long time. Um, where, where do you fall into that? Like when did, when did broadcasting become something that you were interested in? And I guess what steps did you take to kind of pursue that once you were done playing? Um, basically like around the Olympics when we were just, I mean, softball is a sport that's kind of in and out of television. It's not like we're on all the time. Um, but being on the national team for 10 years, we got to be spurts, especially in the Olympic year where we'd be on, you know, ESPN, NBC, and we'd be getting a lot of interviews. And I became kind of one of the, you know, the people that just really enjoyed talking to the media. I really enjoyed, um, you know, whether it was, up to the point where I sometimes would be mic'd during the game, which is like unheard of for like a player to have like a mic on, yeah, yeah. you know, during games. But I enjoyed bringing to the audience. Like for me, if it's something I'm passionate about, I want people at home to feel that, to understand like how cool this game is. And so I was still playing when I started working with ESPN for our college softball coverage. And it really just was because of, when they were interviewing me and I basically would just kind of take the mic and talk about a lot of things. They're like, you really should do this. And I was like, all right. Um, it wasn't something I, I went to school for. It wasn't something I grew up dreaming of doing. It was more of a passion that I've always had to reach more people. Um, and I've always felt that way, whether it's TV or just speaking to a, a big audience or even just like a local school. Um, it's just something that's been within me. And I think television just allows me to have that microphone to share now with baseball, more viewers, how cool the sport is. What were some of the initial challenges, I guess you faced when making that adjustment? What, what did you find hard about the broadcast game? Um, well, just when I first was in the booth, you know, back in 2007, it would just, you know, you don't, this is something I think any player too, that it's not really explained to you like, okay, like you probably should pause like when the pitcher is going to begin the pitch so that you're not talking over a big home run or, you know, you're in the middle of a story and it's, you know, they hit into a double play and you've got to like stop your story <laughs> to end the inning. Um, you know, little things like that, the rhythm of the game, um, also letting the game breathe, things like that, that you just, you get feel for just like anything. And you guys know this, the more, the more you do it, um, letting, you know, the game speak for itself at times when it's a Jake Arietta no hitter. You know, who at the end of the day, who cares what I have to say right now? Let's just watch Jake. Like, this is pretty amazing stuff. You're just kinda of recognizing that, but it took time. You know, you get in there and you're nervous and 
you just start talking and sometimes it's really not about you it's, it's about the game at, at what point did you think that okay i have a chance here that i can go do baseball i can go do mob and i can i mean be kind of a, a pioneer in that like when, when did that become something that you were interested in and, and when did it become like what were the steps to get there um it started when john crack came to do softball he did the women's college world series with me and i think it was 2007 2008 and um so we were in the booth together and you know at first like a lot of softball purists were like you know he's a guy i mean it's just ironic now <laughs> you know he's a guy right. he didn't play softball you know he's you know he's never played softball in his life like how is he going to be able to be one of the main analysts for our biggest show i mean college softball world series is our our biggest stage when you know softball's on the olympics and i remember thinking all right well let's see how this goes like no prejudging you know and he was great like honestly i mean he sat right next to me we were with each other for 11 straight games and I can honestly say I was, it didn't matter if he played, like he knew the game. And that's when it first hit me that, wow, every coach I've ever had has been a baseball guy that never played softball. My Olympic coach, my coach at Stanford, my dad. Um, and you never really thought twice about it as long as they knew what they were talking about. Right. And so it just kind of made me realize that it's been a kind of a one way thing. Like, why can't, we talk about baseball and Crux said the same thing. He was like, you should come do baseball games. And I'm like, well, thanks for the invitation, but you know, like how, how does that happen? I can't just show up. <laughs> <laughs> like here I am, you know? Um, so he really started that, um, seeing how well he did and the criticism from that angle. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy, you know, all of that. And then the fact that he, it didn't matter. So it made me realize why would it matter the other way? I think, one of the things you are probably aware of and something that Mike and I were aware of is we were writing about uh, when the news broke that you took over the Sunday night job was, of course, these the same criticisms were applied to you. So I know kind of at first that was probably a little rough, but what was the reaction you got after the season had ended, after the playoff game was over from, I guess, just the general reaction? I mean, I tried to not really listen to, I guess, the broad reaction, just whether it was positive or negative. Like, I wanted to kind of stay within, just because there was such a strong reaction. Does that make sense? Like, there were yeah. so many people that were commenting on it that um, whether it was overly positive or overly negative, I just kind of wanted to see it for what it was meaning like being able to watch the game myself, have my own criticisms and I guess positive, like, okay, this was good. Okay. Wow. I need to get better at that. Um, listen to the people I work for, um, and not allow anything to skew it one way or the other. Um, because you know, whether it was someone saying, wow, like she's amazing. Like I wasn't amazing. Right. <laughs> um, and someone saying she was horrible, like women shouldn't be doing baseball, like go home, go back to the kitchen or whatever comments, you know, were being made. Um, none of it was really, none of that I felt like was true. It was more somewhere in the middle. And I kind of wanted to, to just see that for what it was and not allow too much of the noise to affect my own analysis of myself. <laughs> I, I, I hear you on that and I think that's like awesome, but I also know 
that's not easy. You know, like I, I wrote something um, when that thing with the, the Atlanta radio guy, when that happened, I wrote like a, a, a thing like sticking up for you and, 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 and just sort of like, you know, about why that whole idea is wrong that, you know, you have to, like it has to be, you know, based on gender and you have to have played baseball to be an analyst and, and all that stuff. And I mean, I just know the response I got and I'm not you, you know, I'm just some guy <laughs> writing an article and, and I, mean, I know what my inbox looked like and what my Twitter mentions looked like. Um, so, I mean, how, how do you, do, do you just not look um, or do you just like scan it and, and kind of get a general feel? But like, I mean, really, like, how do you actually um, deal with that? Um, I, I mean, I, I look, I don't ignore everything. I just kind of glance like I did it yesterday. Like, you know, my Twitter feed started blowing up. So I just kind of just started to like look and, you know, you see both. And when I started to get into like, just because what happens, as you know, is it's like a reaction and then someone comments on that. It just becomes a whole like feed off of one comment. I just kind of glance at the first one and try not to like really let it sink in. especially if it's negative um but yeah i see it and i think about it i mean it's not like it does like you said it's not like i can just completely put up this wall and it's like oh yeah i just don't pay attention i I do um i just when i start to feel it really you know hit home um i just i'm like all right i don't need to to look at this anymore um i'm just gonna stick and i just turn it off but I, know. I, I, I agree. It's it's not something that it does help, though. I have to admit that a lot of the comments um, have been so based on my gender that I, I, I'm going to have a harder time when people just attack what I'm saying. So that's what affects me more. I'm very aware of the fact that I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so when people just come after me like, she's a woman, like, what is she doing? It's like, I, I mean, what, what am I going to do? <laughs> it's very true. Thank you. Um, nothing I can do about that. It's when I think people, which is going to happen, they're going to disagree with what I'm saying. Um, they're going to not like the comment I made, whatever. That's the stuff where, okay, now they're coming after me and, and it's, could be true or not but it's more about me and less about you know the sex that i am <laughs> you you obviously stay above the fray i mean you know and they're you know fighting with all these twitter trolls and everything but but i did want to kind of ask like psychologically or, or in, in a philosophy standpoint or whatever it seems like there's two schools of thought now um because this happens on the internet a lot whether we're talking about people like you or you know just women who are, are you know, writing articles on sports or, or, you know, people in the press box or the clubhouse or, you know, locker room, whatever it is. Um, it, it seems like some people just say like, okay, you should just ignore it and ignore the haters, just do your thing. And some people say, no, like, you know, we should, we should fight back. We should let them know this behavior isn't okay. And not you specifically. I'm not, you know, asking if you would sit there and go on a rant about, you know, all the people that are attacking you on Twitter, but, but, but like from a, from a, philosophy standpoint like did you think that you know we should be trying to hold these people accountable or is it just like ignore them and they'll go away i think a little bit of both i think um you know what happened last fall with the atlanta radio uh host you know you get a couple people that that kind of call them out and it creates a conversation which i think is important um you know to me i think if something really hit home or if it was to be honest really inappropriate um I don't know. I mean, I'm debating because it's like, do you want to give them more attention? Like, no. But I think maybe putting it out there, if it's something that I, I really think this person thinks it's okay to talk like this, maybe putting it out there of like, 
hey, just so you know, it's not. Like, it's 2016, like, welcome to, like, modern day, and, like, it's not okay to talk to women and put them in this kind of, you know, position. Um, but to me, it's, like, more about the one that has the followers. So, like, that's what I look at. Like, if it's some guy or, honestly, woman, whoever, they got three people following them, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. not saying that. But if it's someone that is, like a radio host or, you know, even something that happened with me last year, too, was a minor league baseball player made a comment on Twitter. And, you know, like, it's it's people that do, like, you know, they could end up playing for a game that I'm calling and they feel, like, strongly. It's one thing that's like, oh, I don't like what she says. I get that. It's another thing that's like, I can't handle a woman talking about baseball. Um, I'm just like, Wow. Um, so to, to me, it depends on who it is. And if it's someone that does have some influence, I think it's important that we at least create some discussion around it, you know, why they're doing it. Aside from your experience with this minor league baseball player, it, it seems to me at least that the reaction within the industry and within the game has been, for the most part, supportive. Is that is that your sense as well? Yeah, I mean, I feel like from the people that... I don't want to say that matter. I just mean the people that have influence, um, yourselves, you know, writers in general um, that have anyone that reads what they're writing or or um, is listening to their podcasts or, you know, to me, those are the ones that, that do matter more, more because they are of influence. Um, I, I feel like it's been at least respectful. You know, there has obviously there's been positive. There's maybe more ambivalence, but it's 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 the, to me about just respect, and that's what I've been so impressed with, was the fact that the media, like in general, has been really just respectful. Like just and not in just like a PC. This is kind of what we have to do, but in a way that's just keeping an open mind. Like let's just listen to her talk. Okay, all right, like instead of just reacting right away and being like, whoa, 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 like, we can't do this. Um, and I think I expected, you know, honestly, more of a backlash from the media. And I, I, I just, it really impressed me where we're at today um, to see so many people just keep an open mind, if anything. We, we didn't hit, we didn't hit players there, but I, like, I saw you in the playoffs last year at the World Series, I think, you know, talking to, talking to players in the field, um, do do players do players connect with you on like the hey we we played the game kind of way like do they care I mean do they see a woman or do they just see like hey you, you yeah we know you can play I mean I, I've I've really enjoyed like the conversations I've had with players um, just I I think it's a generational thing and maybe I'm being naive but. I feel like we're all in this generation where we grew up understanding that inclusion on all aspects is kind of the way that we live. <laughs> it's just the way you do things, regardless of race, you know, gender, sexuality, doesn't matter. Like we include people for who they are. So if she's going to talk hitting to me, like I'm not going to go, she's a woman. I'm going to walk away. Um, I might expect that maybe from someone of a di different generation, but I, I really feel like the players of today have been just, hey, like, I, I'm going to listen, you know, and, and we have these conversations, and not once has one of them, like, kind of gave me a look, like, you don't know what you're talking about, or walked away, or nothing. If anything, they've been more open and curious, I think. Like, okay, what does she have to say, you know? <laughs> and and that's been cool. I think we can shift to a little bit of a lighter conversation at this point. Um, Jessica, 
you know, have you worked with Aaron Boone before? Or will this be your first time? I'm, I'm curious about that relationship. Yeah, we, um, the last couple of years, we worked in Omaha together for the College World Series. And um, we actually had a Sunday night game this last fall where um, I was filling in for Schilling and Kruk was sick. And so Aaron Boone came into the booth. Um, and so we, we got to do a game together, too. Um, so, yeah, I am very familiar. We know each other. We've, we've hung out. Uh, we've been talking to a lot through this process the last few months. Um, and I'm excited more to, to pick his brain um, and kind of build some chemistry. Like, I want to really understand where his eyes go, where he's naturally going to want to take viewers so I can maybe either contrast that, help him, whatever it might be, so we can really work together as a team. Looking back at, at last year, um, obviously you called a no-hitter first, the first Sunday night game. That was cool. I mean, you did the playoffs. As you look back, like what's the what's your favorite memory of, of something that, that you were in the booth for? I mean, that that was pretty special, um, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there, there were a lot, to be honest, of moments. Um, I remember talking to Susan Waldman of the Yankees, um, you know, she does their radio broadcast. She's been someone that I've listened to a lot over the last few years. And before I did the wild card game, her and I just talked over like a meal up there in the press area. And she just was great on like just some advice. Just, I don't know. It was kind of just a cool moment where I felt like someone who has already made history and done so much for women um, within the sport. And she genuinely wanted to help. And, that's something that doesn't happen a lot, unfortunately. Um, you know, just people helping people, like, you know, something you think would be very simple. Um, but usually there's like jealousy or like, Oh, like I'm going to do what I do, but I don't want to make anyone else better. Um, and it, it just meant a lot to me because, um, she's so respected. I was about to do obviously the Yankee game and just was genuinely like giving me advice, even information on players, that kind of thing. And, um, I don't know, it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence going to the game, knowing that I had the respect of my peers, which at the end of the day is the most important thing. Have there been other people who have reached out and done similar things? Like, I'm, I'm just thinking, I don't know, was, were, was there anyone who kind of surprised you as far as their support and their generosity while you were taking over this role? Um, Mike Chirico, who I've never met, um, and you know you go across to another sport, um, he was someone that reached out in the very beginning, like listened to one of the games and was just like, you don't know me. I hope you don't mind. I got your number from Julie Saudi. Like, don't kill her. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to let you know, I think you're doing a great job, but if you ever want to talk through things and, um, you know, I took him up on it at the time I was kind of a little overwhelmed, but um, I ended up shadowing him on Monday Night Football and, um, just calling him for questions about just preparation. You know, obviously he's done baseball coverage as well, but just kind of what he does. He's one of the best in the business as a play-by-play, um, but he's been around. You know, what works, what doesn't? Um, just picking his brain. And he introduced me to John Gruden, and I was able to kind of understand how they work, um, which is one of the top football telecasts that is out there today. Um, it was really cool for me, and I appreciated someone that was, you know, a cold call, but just genuinely wanted to help. I, uh, maybe this one isn't so light. We've seen now, you know, the Mariners hired a, a female scout. The uh, the A's had, um, you know, a female coach in, in the fall league. 
what, what, what do you think is the next the next barrier there? I mean, is, are we going to see a, a you know full time full time coach? I mean, are we going to see you know like w- where else can can women make strides in, in this game? I mean, it's hard to tell what will be the next um, just without knowing all of like what, first. But what I want to see is more women just get into position to be able to 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 have the opportunity to take more jobs. I don't see a lot of women right now um, just in those positions. What I see, though, what I would like to see, and I feel like we're close to, is uh, our first female general manager. I know yeah. Kim Ng has been one that's been close. She's um, obviously working for MLB now, but uh, she's somebody that, that I feel like has knocked on the door. And and there's, there's quite a few assistant GMs out there I've met that are doing a really great job um, too, which I think helps. And that's a position where, yeah, so, and Kim, you know, for her, for example, she played softball. She understands the game. Um, do you even have to? I mean, how many GMs have even played baseball? Like, not all of them. You know what I mean? So it's not, not, even not a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's more of, you know, how does the mind work? And I would like to think that there's a lot of women out there that could come in even with a unique idea of how to pick and choose the right players to be successful so to me that's the one that i would like to see is is on the gm level um having a a woman okay i can bring it back to a light note here please chris please jessica i want your evaluation of a rod as a broadcaster oh that's a good question i have to ask and that's the light one (laughs) yeah that's the light one uh, no, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't, someone asked me that yesterday, actually, not from the media, just like a friend of mine. It's like, what did you think of Alex Rodriguez on Fox? And um, I actually, I didn't get to, the only time I got to hear him, because we were there at the World Series, so I didn't get to listen. I was on the field for all the pre and post game stuff where he was in studio. So the only time I really got to hear him was when he, he joined the broadcast for like an inning. I think each game he'd come in and, um, you know, I, the thing with Alex is I think just talking with him and knowing him for quite some time now, um, he's incredibly smart. Like he knows the game. In fact, Greg Bird is, is someone that credits Alex a ton for even his ascension so quickly in his transition when he got brought up by the Yankees. Um, and watching the two of them work together, I mean, he just, he's got a lot of knowledge. He's, he's very passionate. He watches the game. I think the hardest thing that any player has is then transitioning that knowledge to a broadcast is getting that information across and I think for Alex like no doubt he could be a phenomenal broadcaster just knowing what's there I think just figuring out how to it sounds easy this is the knowledge in my head okay we'll just say it in a broadcast it doesn't always work that way and I felt like there were times when I knew there was more there um, I think he's just figuring out how to you know get that across Jessica, um, I think we'll wrap it up there. We've taken up a good chunk of your time, and we really appreciate it. And this was entertaining, insightful, interesting. So, so thanks for uh, thanks for spending some time. Good luck with everything this season. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I will see you guys again. I'm sure. All right, <laughs> thank you. you guys. <laughs>